I have some good news in this dark, crappy time that we're living through, generally, right now. We have gotten more than 200,000 downloads for Under the Influence since we made it independent about two months ago. And that is all because of you. Because all of you are incredible and amazing, and I appreciate my listeners so fucking much. I do. I love all of you. And so I just wanted to share this with you to know that we have a community. We did this together, and I really couldn't be happier. I couldn't. I'm tearing up a little bit, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I adore you more than I love coffee, cheese, and even tequila. We have a bunch of really great sponsors coming on board, but the best thing about those sponsors is that I get to choose them. I get to choose to work with brands that I actually really, really love. And that has not always been the case in the past, as you may know from following the show before. HelloFresh is one of our early sponsors, and that's so cool because that is actually a company that I've been using since the very beginning, a company that has made my life as a mom so much easier because I can just pick what meals I want delivered to my house and I don't have to go to the grocery store. I literally just ordered my weekly dinners from HelloFresh. They're amazing. And now, on to today's episode. Before we started reporting on this episode, I didn't know that much about the world of cancer influencing. I didn't know anything, really, until my friend Kelly Stewart sent me a message to tell me about her journey. I haven't seen Kelly in forever. We met on a press trip about a decade ago. She was already a mom of a bunch of kids. I think, I think she had five back then. And I was not a mom of any kids. And I'm sure I was having a lot of fun on that trip. But in the meantime, we have followed one another on the socials, because that is one of the few things that social media is good for, following the peoples, following the peoples that, you know, you, you meet once, but you really like, that you really want to keep in your life. But I hadn't heard Kelly's big news, her big life-changing news. A couple of years ago, Kelly was diagnosed with breast cancer. She went in for a routine mammogram, and it did not go the way she expected. After Kelly found out about the cancer, she just wanted to find one thing in her life that she could control. Like a lot of women that I know and love, Kelly is a doer. She's a doer and a fixer. As moms, as all women in the world, we are constantly trying to figure out how to fix things around us, how to problem solve. And so Kelly did all of the research. She talked to all of the doctors and did the treatments that they recommended, but she also wanted to do more. She wanted to know more. While Kelly was waiting for her treatments to do their thing, she went down a deep rabbit hole of cancer influencers. And some of it was helpful because finding community when you are going through it, that can be a wonderful thing. But some of it got dark and unhelpful and even scary. Now, Kelly is the first to say that there is a lot of good that can come from following others who are battling the same things that you are battling. But the good does come with the bad. And I asked her to come on today to share her personal story with diving into this cancer influencer rabbit hole and what her life is like on the other side. How are you? I'm good. I had no idea you were on this on this journey. 
Yeah, it's um, been a heck of a year. <laughs> God, that fucking sucks. I am so, so sorry. How is everything now? Like, what is the status? So I am technically in remission. I'm three weeks post-op um, for my last surgery for the reconstruction. Um, okay. So now it's just monitoring blood work every three months for a year and then every six months and then once a year and just praying that it doesn't come back. So all of the praying. All yes. All the praying. Jesus. So that's where Jesus. we're at. Well, I want to dive right in because it, when you messaged me, I couldn't think of a better person to have on the show to, to talk about what happens on social media surrounding cancer? Mm -hmm. uh, because you are you're literally going through it right now. So I'm gonna back up a little bit and just talk to me about about your story, about your diagnosis, and then what you started seeing on the Instagram and and or the TikToks. Yeah. So in in October of 2021, I had a mammogram. I wasn't even like due for one, but they were running a special for $30 for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I went ahead and did it. And I got a letter in the mail a month later that said, so I don't remember exactly what it said, but it didn't sound alarming. It was something to the effect of you have dense breast tissue and we we saw a spot that we'd like to look at further. Could you make a follow-up? And I just kind of brushed it off. I don't have a history of breast cancer in my family. I'm healthy. I'm young. Like I didn't check any of the markers. Right. So I just kind of I, di I didn't really pay close attention to it. In May of 2022, I went and saw my OB and I told him and he did an exam like there was no lump. There was nothing. So he was like, I'm not I'm not overly concerned. But since they sent you this letter, I'll write you a script to get a follow up. So I waited until July because, you know, it was summertime and kids were out of school and whatever. Um, and so I went back in July and like as soon as they did the mammogram, they sent me to another room to do an ultrasound. And that's when I started to get like a weird feeling in my stomach. And then they did the ultrasound and they found two spots, um, one in my breast and one under my arm that they thought were suspicious. And so they wanted me to get biopsied. So a week later, did the biopsy. And before I even went into the biopsy, the radiologist told me um, she was like, you know, what I'm seeing here is highly suspicious. I just want to prepare you ahead of time um, that this does not look normal. This doesn't look like a cyst or anything like that. And so that was when it really got real. <laughs> so I left that biopsy knowing I probably had cancer. Um, and it was like five days, really sucky days of waiting. And then we got the call officially that I had um a tumor in my left breast and a tumor under my left arm. Oh so, my God. Yeah. And it's crazy. I still, I didn't have a lump. Um, I couldn't feel anything, but the tumor was fairly large, um, but it was growing backward toward my chest wall. So that's why I couldn't feel it. Um, now, once I knew the lump was under my arm, I could feel the lump under my arm. Um, but before that, I didn't know it was there. When you get diagnosed, like... Everything happens very quickly. You know, within a week, I had an appointment with a breast surgeon. 
I had a recommendation for an oncologist and it all just like happens super fast. You're in the doctor with the breast surgeon and, you know, he sits me down and he kind of draws out like this is where we're at. And essentially because I was a smaller person, um, you know, I wasn't really a candidate for a lumpectomy. They recommended a mastectomy. They recommended a double mastectomy just because I'm young and it's easier for reconstruction purposes and, you know, just removing the possibility of it spreading that sort of thing. And then, you know, two days later, I'm in the oncologist's office and and talking with him about what treat, potential treatment options there'll be. And then a week later, I'm with a meeting with a plastic surgeon. And so all of this happened really, really fast. And then with my particular brand of breast cancer, um, it's it's hormone pos- hormone receptor positive, which is a good thing. It's It's a slow growing cancer. So because it's a slow growing cancer, it's like all that happened really fast. And then everything just stopped. And I was like at the mercy of waiting on insurance approval. And so it was a lot of waiting, um, which gave me maybe just a little bit too much time to think <laughs> and start reading. And um, and so I just stumbled down the rabbit hole of the cancer influencer world. And, and there's a lot out there. <laughs> um, and for me personally, I mean, like a lot of women, but I'm a I'm a fixer, right? So, okay, here's a problem that needs to be fixed, so I'm going to find the solution. And so, I ended up just kind of stumbling into the world of holistic healing for cancer and um you know, looking at diet and how diet plays a role and alternative methods for treating cancer. And I want to say on the front end that I don't dis- necessarily disagree or think that any of that is bad advice. Um, I made a drastic overhaul to my diet. I went like completely whole food plant-based. I was just trying to find something that I could do to fill the time that made me feel like I was somewhat in control of a situation that's completely outside of your control. Um, the problem was you get sucked into like these, these groups and suddenly you're in a world where all oncologists are evil working for the man, working for big pharma. They're only out for your money. So of course they're going to recommend chemo and radiation and surgery. And there's so many other ways that you can manage cancer and heal it on your own. And when you're looking at these really scary things like chemo and radiation and having your breasts removed, like you're looking for anything that's alternative. And so I started sort of latching on to this idea of, well, maybe I don't need to do this. Like this person's healing their cancer naturally and this person is. And and it got to, um, it just got to a really scary, confusing place. I didn't know what to do. Um, and I was afraid. I was just really afraid. Of course you were afraid. And of course you were trying to find things you can control. I think that that is such a common trait for women, especially ambitious women, especially mothers. Mm-hmm. We want to find ways to fix things. And what is so scary to me, and when you messaged me, this is what I started thinking about in exploring this world of cancer influencers, is that there's no way to tell what's good information right right um and what works for one person could kill another person um what so 
talk to me a little bit about the world of cancer influencers. Like what what kinds of things were you seeing? Yeah. So there's a lot about diet. So, you know, go and I I I started following um someone named Chris Beat Cancer. Mm-hmm. Um and again, like I, I want to be careful because I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want the gods of the holistic world to smite me, but no, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't want them to smite me either. I'm afraid of them. <laughs> I don't want to be smote. Um, no. But uh, so a lot of what, so Chris beat cancer is this Chris, I don't remember his last name, but he was diagnosed with stage 3C colon cancer in 2004, had surgery and then healed his cancer with um, really like stringent diet and supplementation practices. Um, and he's been cancer free since then, which I think is amazing. And I think it's great. Um, so he developed this whole platform and plan. And part of it is for 90 days, you only eat raw fruits and vegetables. Um, nothing cooked. You flood your, the whole idea, you flood your body with nutrition. You're supposed to juice 40 ounces a day. So five pounds of carrots a day, you're supposed to juice. I mean, don't even, I, I did all this and I can't even tell you how much time it takes to do that. Like my entire day was spent eating salads and juicing vegetables. Um, and he's developed this whole program for holistic healing of cancer and a lot of it, I think, is there's really solid, sound advice for supporting your body through chronic illness. I, I mean, I did feel really good eating like that. Now, I lost 15 pounds and I'm not a big person to begin with. So it started to get problematic because for me, the problem that happened is I started to get afraid to eat anything because you start reading this and you think, well, this this food can make cancer grow and this food can make cancer grow. And so at the end of the day, I found myself like, what can I eat? I guess I'll eat a banana and almond butter and a really big salad. And that was all I was eating. I was scared to eat anything else. Um, and you get in these groups with these people and they're like, they're so stringent on it. And then when it, when it started to get weird to me was like, there would be people in this group that would say, hey, I've been using this method for six months now and my stage two cancer is now stage four. What should I do? And I'm sitting here thinking, well, this is the point where people will say, well, maybe chemo is the way to go. And but instead, people would say, have you do you have any unforgiveness in your life? Because because anger and unforgiveness can really cause stress in the body and make cancer grow. Maybe you should work on forgiving the people in your life and all this stuff. And I just started to think, like, this seems like really bad advice. Um, And people were you know, all these alternative methods, they're not covered by insurance. And that was the other thing that I was struggling with. My husband and I have five children. One of our kids has special needs. Like Weezer's not made of money. And um, so all these like alternative treatments, I'm looking at them and I'm going, I can't, af- I can't afford to do that. So does that mean I'm going to die because I can't afford to do that? People were taking out second mortgages on their home, going into massive debt to try these alternative methods. And in some regards, like if you're trying to heal colon cancer, I can see where diet really will help. But for me, my cancer was hormone fed. So I couldn't figure out how eating a good diet was going to stop my hormones from beating my cancer. But when I would ask that question, I would get, oh, all cancer's the same. All cancer's the same. If you do this, you will heal your cancer. And it just got to be 
so overwhelming and so confusing. I started having panic attacks. Like I just, I couldn't figure out what was right and what I needed to do. Right. Of course. Of course. And so much of this information is just, like I said, one person who is not an expert, who is not a doctor. <laughs> and I think that that's where it's so dangerous because none of it is vetted. And right. you're, you're also preying on people when they're at their most vulnerable. That's like, that's the really scary part of this, of this to me. We are going to take a quick break here. When we get back, I'm going to talk to Kelly about reaching her breaking point with the world of cancer influencing and how she took back her power and her agency. So as I mentioned earlier, I just finished ordering my whole HelloFresh spread for the week, all of my meals that I'm going to cook. If you don't know what HelloFresh is, it is farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You get to skip the trips to the grocery store and let HelloFresh just make the home cooking easy, fun, and also more affordable than takeout. Trust me. Trust me. Now, the holidays are right around the corner, and HelloFresh can actually help you take the stress out of dinner planning by delivering everything you need to cook up tasty meals right to your door. Saving you a ton of time, because you're not going to be going to the grocery store, you're not going to be waiting in that line, you're not going to be trying to figure out what to do with that third baby while the other two run around like animals, which is what I'm doing all the time. The holiday season is hectic. It is. It's crazy. And that is where HelloFresh's 15-minute meals come in. They are quick fixes to help you get a wholesome meal on the table in less time than it even takes you to take out your phone and order something. Here's the other thing that I'm kind of excited about. HelloFresh Market lets you order things for your holiday get-togethers. So it looks like you just made this mouth-watering charcuterie board. But no, no, it just got delivered to you and you put it out. But you don't have to tell anyone that. You never have to tell anyone that. So to support this show and skip the grocery store and have delicious meals delivered right to your doorstep, go to HelloFresh.com slash TerryFree and use the code TerryFree for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. Free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash TerryFree with the code TerryFree. That's T-E-R-R-Y-F-R-E-E. -E. You're going to love it. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit for a reason. And we are back with Kelly Stewart. As we said earlier, Kelly had fallen deep down a rabbit hole of cancer influencers after her surprise diagnosis with breast cancer. She was following people who recommended intense diets, who vilified chemo, and who applauded all kinds of expensive treatments that some influencers and their followers had mortgaged their house to do. How did you finally deal with it? Did you have to have to just did you get to a point where you shut it off where you said I can't I can't follow this anymore and was there any point where you were almost convinced not to do traditional treatments not to do chemo 
Yeah. Um, so I had my mastectomy. Actually, it was a year ago yesterday. I had the double mastectomy. And I, I, initially, I was told, hey, we got all the tumor. We had clean margins. You should be good to go. So I thought, oh, great. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of this with just surgery. This is awesome. Well, then they run this like specific test on your tumor when you have cancer and it tells you your risk of recurrence. And my my test came back putting me at borderline moderate risk for recurrence. And because of that and because of my age, they recommended then chemo to be more aggressive. And I was I was adamantly opposed. I was like, no, they said I don't need to do it. They got clean margins. I'm eating so clean. I'm exercising. I'm doing all these things. And there's some weird stuff. Like I'm talking like coffee enemas and like stuff that I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm doing this, but they say it's working. So like you go down some weird, crazy rabbit holes. I was doing IV vitamin therapies and I was just all these things. So I thought there's no way. And but my husband, he's he works in like genetic testing for lung cancer. So he's got connections with a lot of oncologists. So he sent my paperwork to several different oncologists to get other opinions. And four out of five doctors that looked at my my diagnosis and my paperwork recommended chemo. And so at that point, I felt like, OK, if if all of these doctors are recommending it, and I knew that my husband wanted to do it, and he was super supportive and understood where I was coming from, um, at the end of the day, I just felt like if I don't do this chemo and the cancer comes back, I will, I will feel terrible about it. But if I do the chemo and the cancer comes back, at least I'll know that I tried. Um, and so that was sort of the catalyst. But the big catalyst was finally like this night, my husband and I were sitting in bed and we were talking about it. And um, I get a little emotional even just remembering. I just had, I had such a panic attack. I couldn't breathe. And I just felt like this overwhelming sense of if I don't make a decision and do something, I am going to die. Um, and so I had to make a decision. And so um, at the end of the day, I just felt like I needed to do it for my husband. And also for me and, and for my kids, I needed them to know like, hey, mom, mom did everything that that she could. So that was sort of the, the night that I made the decision. So I ended up um, starting chemo in January. And now that you're 10 months, nine months removed from that, how do you feel about about that decision? Um, you know, I. It wasn't fun. It wasn't as bad as I was afraid it was going to be. I mean, the most traumatic thing really was losing my hair. And that was the thing that I was the most scared about. And that was the thing that I hated the most. Um, but on the other side of it, you know, um, it, it, it wasn't as terrible as I thought it was. I was going to be my and again, within this like cancer influencer world, you get a lot of opinions that all oncologists are big pharma and they're just out for your money and that's why they recommend chemo. But of the five doctors that looked at all of my files, my oncologist was the only one that was like on the fence about chemo. He was the only one that was like, yeah, I could make a case for you not doing chemo. And he actually connected me with an integrative doctor here in town and together they worked up a plan to allow me to use some integrative approaches like the IV vitamin therapies and red light therapy um, 
and different supplementation while also doing chemo. And so I think the combination of that integrative plus traditional allowed me to walk through chemo um, fairly well. Um, my first my first round was really hard on me. I lost 12 pounds in like a week because I was so sick. But then they adjusted my meds and they upped the B vitamins that they gave me and my IV vitamin th therapies. And, and I really wasn't, it wasn't bad after that. So um, on the other side of it, I'm still dealing with like some gut issues and, and, you know, my body is still kind of repairing itself, but I, I don't regret, I don't regret doing it now that I've made it through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And tell, tell us where you're at now and what, what is, what is the status? So I'm, I'm in remission. Um, I just had my reconstructive surgery three weeks ago and, um, so now it's just, now I feel like I'm healing mentally and emotionally. Um, I'm still, I'm still really struggling with some food fear. Um, I, I still, you know, I, like this morning I woke up and I was starving and all I wanted was a bowl of cereal. Like that's just the easiest thing in the morning when you're hungry, but I, I'm afraid, I'm still afraid of eating milk. And, you know, so I made my tofu and lentils and it was fine, but like, in some regards, I told I really love this lifestyle of eating more like vegan, and I, I mean, I I'm totally happy with it. But um, I'm still dealing with some of the the food fears. And recently, I saw there was a big um, influencer online who was diagnosed in March with stage four colon cancer, and she like went all in on the holistic healing and she was doing all the things that I had read about and I had tried, you know, the, the vitamin therapies and all the supplementation and, um, the juicing and the diet and online, she kept coming in and saying, you know, the cancer's getting better. And the doctors told me that my only survival was chemo, but they were wrong. It's getting better. And then like two weeks ago, there was a message on Instagram, like, pray for her. She's not doing well. And then two days later, she was dead. And and I just thought, how terribly sad, because the whole time she was telling us that she was getting better and she wasn't. And I'm sad for her, but I'm sad for everybody who took her advice and, and followed her lead. Yeah, that is is terrifying because these people also have so much influence right mm -hmm. like people are t people are legitimately taking that advice and it's a life or death situation mm -hmm. here i'm so sorry that you still have all of this food fear like mm -hmm. i i don't i don't want this for you like that is just it's the last thing that you need at this point in your in your life and your journey it's so I want you to have the cereal is what I want for you. <laughs> I know. And that's what my husband keeps saying. And, um, you know, and I'm working through that and I, and I have a therapist and I recommend to everybody who walks through cancer, um, to, to get therapy, um, because it, it is so, um, emotionally draining to face your own mortality, <laughs> especially yeah. when, um, when you have children and, um, you know, I just, I, I don't know if I will ever fully recover from the day that we told our teenagers 
um, and the looks on their faces. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever fully heal from that experience. And so when you're in this position and you're, um, you're so frightened. That's the other. I had a conversation with a woman yesterday who was just recently diagnosed and she was asking me what she should do. And the first thing I told her was stay off the internet. <laughs> just stay off the internet. I do think that there, there are a lot of really great alternative therapies coming out for cancer. And it's, it's good to be aware of those. But again, insurance doesn't cover most of those. And so if you can't afford those, it can send you into this tailspin. Um, and you have to be able to trust your doctor when you're in a in a position like this. And so don't like don't do what I did and don't put yourself into a position where you are you're you're not trusting the people who are medically trained to help you survive. But instead, you're trusting these people online who may have good outcomes with what they're doing. But you're also not hearing about all the ones that are having bad outcomes. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Do you still follow these accounts? I got out of all the Facebook groups. I got out of every single Facebook group that was like a holistic healing cancer group. And mm -hmm. that did wonders for my mental health. Um, I still follow Chris Beat Cancer because he does a lot of really great interviews with integrative doctors and um, with traditional doctors and so I don't, I would say I, I agree with about 70% of what he says, but um, I really love, I love, I've learned a lot through listening to his interviews with professionals. So I do still follow him, um, but he's the only one that I follow. And really now that I'm on the other side and I feel like I'm walking into the future, um, yeah. I'm kind of ready to stop thinking about cancer <laughs> at all. And just, I just want to live my life now and not be worried about, because it's always going to hang over my head, the risk of recurrence. And I know that, but if I'm constantly affronted with it every time I get online, then I'll constantly be be afraid of it. And I just can't live that way. Of course you can. Of course you can. It's no way to live, honestly, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I want your feed to be puppies and cereal and, <laughs> um, you know, Zac Efron is what I want for you. Oh, right yes, now. Zac Efron. Right. A Zac little Ef bit of Ryan Reynolds thrown in on the side. Little Zac Efron and Ryan Reynolds. I don't know why Zac Efron came up this morning in my, like, mom text group, but he did. <laughs> and now I'm just like, you know, love me some Efron. I do. <laughs> no, same. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's not weird or creepy at all to... It is not pervy at no, all because at all. he's a grown up. He's a grown up now. He is now <laughs> a grown up. Although I will say my uh, daughter just started watching High School Musical um, uh -huh. and loves it and also loves her some Efron. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it is pervy to watch High School Musical <laughs> and think that he's hot. That is a pervy thing. It is. Listen, he it was is. cute. He was cute. It was a cute guy. I feel curvy <laughs> now when I watch um, this, this conversation has taken a turn, but this is what I think you need right now. Um, when I watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, because Ferris was one of my first crushes, but now I watch it, I'm like, oh, he's 18. Right. <laughs> Weird. Weird old lady. Totally. fine. We got to have it. We got to have it. We deserve things. We really do. Um, what am I not asking you? What else should I be asking you about about this this world? 
I think the big thing, you know, just to reiterate my earlier point, but my the big thing that I would say to anyone that's in the position of being diagnosed with cancer is there's absolutely nothing wrong to look in looking for alternative ways to support your body through healing. Um, but if you find yourself in a position where people are vilifying your doctors, then my advice to you would be run, like turn around and run the other way. There are a lot of really good doctors that are talking about the benefits of integrative therapy with cancer. And I do think the cancer world is slowly shifting toward an integrative model where you're looking at chemotherapy plus these alternative and the way that they can work synergistically. Um, but I think that would just be my big advice to anyone is be really, really careful if you get in, find yourself in this position um, to make sure that you're in a place where you can mentally trust your doctor. And if you find someone that that points you to a um, that, that like leads you astray from that, just run because it's um, it's not a healthy place. It's a bad place. It feels like a bad place. Absolutely. And also like. Sure, if you need to work on forgiveness in your life, like do that. But if someone tells you that that you need to forgive someone to heal your cancer, like block immediately. That's probably the biggest thing that would that got to me was people with stage four cancer being told they needed to work on their forgiveness to heal their cancer. No, no, they do not. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Forgiveness is nice, but it, <laughs> it's, it does it's not a, a thing. It's a good thing. We should all forgive. I still don't forgive Julia Roberts for ruining my TV show of Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win. Oh, but that was a bummer. Still a bummer. And you know what? I'm never going to forgive her. But I don't think that that's going to give me cancer. No. I don't. Mm -mm. I don't think so either. Mm -hmm. I loved talking to you. Um, and how can our audience support you and follow your journey? I have been really pretty open about it on Instagram. So I'm at Kelly Stewart author on Instagram. Um, and so you, you can pop in over there. I mean, again, I'm trying to shift my focus from being the cancer girl to just live in life now. So I'd, I would love for people to, to come join the community over there. And that's where I'm probably the most active. Yay. All right. They're going to find you. They're going <laughs> to find you. I'm sending you all the love. Well, thank you. Thanks for letting me share. I, I think it's important for people to hear this message because it's a it's a dangerous little rabbit hole to fall down in this cancer world. There's too many dangerous rabbit holes for oh. us to fall down in this in this um, social media world. There just true. there just are. Someone it's needs true. to close the. I'm trying to close the rabbit holes. You're I'm doing a great do job. I really appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> thank you. And that is all we've got for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Kelly, for being so honest about your journey and also for staying in touch with me all these years. All of you can stay in touch with me on the Instagrams. I know. I'm, I mean, it's just, I'm like, I hate Instagram. Follow me. I'm at Joe Piazza author. But whatever. Two things can be true. Thank you for being with us today. I love you all. And if you love me, then please send this show some love and leave us a review and tell all of your friends and visit our sponsors. Also, I'm going to say it. I have to say it. I can't not say it. Pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance. I won't stop saying it until we are an instant New York Times bestseller 
and I know if anyone, if anyone can get us there, it is you guys. So order early, order often, order one for your Aunt Mary Elizabeth, who loves reading about Italian ladies. Now go and have a great day. You deserve it. Smooches. <laughs>